0: What's the best city to find absolutely free family fun and tons of it? We'll tell you on this week's episode of RV Miles. and welcome to RV Miles, your home for RV and camping news, reviews, travel guides, and more. I'm Jason.
1: And I'm Abby, and this is episode 16 of the RV Miles podcast. If you want to get today's show notes, you can do so by going to rvmiles.com/episode16. You can also find RV Miles on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you want to keep up with Jason and I and our travels with our three boys, Jack, Ethan, and Henry, we are over at OurWanderingFamily.com, and we are also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.
0: On this week's episode, The Gateway to the West, St. Louis, one of our favorite travel destinations, especially for families.
1: Absolutely. I would say it's probably Jack's favorite location to date.
0: (laughs) It is. There's so many great things to do. And so much that's really affordable and free. So we'll get into that a little bit later on the show. But first, let's talk about where we are and what we're doing.
1: Yeah, so we're back uh, in Kansas City. We're here for the holidays. Can you believe we're already talking about the holidays? I
0: know it. I know it. And we'll be sitting down here for about two months. So a lot of the Travel segments might be reduced a little bit on the show, and we'll be throwing in a lot more sort of how-to tips and tricks and gift guides and things like that we've got coming down the pipe.
1: They might become, like, dream travel segments. That's true. We could do some of that. Yes, of where we hope to go, because as soon as the holidays are over, our plan is to jump back in WanderBus and head southwest to some warmer weather and some beautiful national parks. That's
0: right. So we'll talk about St. Louis a little bit later in the show, but let's get to the news. We uh, we have a few different news items to talk about this week. The first one is, you've probably heard about in the news, there was a major security breach found in Wi-Fi networks. And this affects Wi-Fi networks anywhere, pretty much all of them. What it is, is it's called, it's got a weird name, it's called the Crack <laughs> With a K, the 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 crack uh, security breach or whatever you call it,
1: crack attack,
0: crack hack. It's the worst name. <laughs> what this is, somebody has to, in order to perform this particular hack, somebody has to be in proximity to your wireless network. It can't be done by somebody thousands of miles away. But it's a way they can spoof your wireless network, so it looks like you're connected to the wireless network you think you are but you're actually connected to their phony network. And when you type things in, they can see everything you type. So as travelers, we're using public wifi a lot. So we thought we'd talk about a couple tips to keep yourself and your private data safe when you're out there on the road.
1: Yeah, cause this crack attack is whack. <laughs> Let's just throw that out there. Like hashtag crack attack whack. Like that's my new hashtag this week.
0: So the, the most important thing is this hack doesn't affect secure websites. So secure websites, any website that is going to take your credit card data uh, or or has logins, those are usually gonna be secure websites. And,
1: and if they're not, don't log your information <laughs> right. in there,
0: please. They'll have, you'll, you'll be able to tell by, in, I'm looking at Google Chrome right now is our, the browser we use and it says secure with a padlock in the upper left corner in the URL bar that tells you if a website is secure. But another way you can tell is what the website starts with. If it starts with HTTPS instead of just HTTP, that's a secure website. The S stands for secure. There are some ways that companies can screw up into implementing the the secure socket layer, as it's called, uh, and cause you to still have problems. So the big tip we can give you is that If you're out on the road and you need to do financial transactions, you're going to buy something from Amazon, you're going to do some banking, whatever it might be. Do it on your cell phone. Do it when you're attached or tethered to your cell phone's network. That's going to be the most secure option that you have for using wireless Internet.
1: Yeah, just as this has come out, it's really kind of resolved the fact that I won't do any banking, any financial transactions whatsoever on Wi-Fi. I'll do it using the cellular data and I'll use it on my phone through the app. I think when you can go through the app on anything, that is always going to be the safer bet. And then if you can go through the app with your data, that's just like a double safeguard.
0: Yeah. And the the other thing to consider is Google and Apple and Microsoft have come up with security patches to solve this problem so just make sure all your devices are updated we have a a, a wi-fi ranger a wi-fi antenna booster in our rig and i know a lot of our do as well and they've come out with a patch to help secure that network so make sure all of your devices are up to date and that and that's that's a general tip always my mother-in-law bless her soul i'm going to talk about her again uh, ref- she
1: just loves when she gets on the podcast. <laughs> refuses to
0: update her iPhone, and uh, well, I think she, I think I actually made her do it last time <laughs> we were here because she could not get Facebook to work because she was on like three years ago uh,
1: iOS too. iOS.
0: And but but the important thing is, and people think that the that they that the updates take more room on their devices or they slow them down, but. they just
1: replace what you were using yeah and the (laughs) updates
0: are most updates are for security purposes 90 percent of them are for or to solve new hacks come out every day and and these solve those security holes so you need to make sure that your mobile devices are updated and you need to make sure that your operating system on your computers are updated whenever they come out with new updates
1: I haven't updated my phone yet, FYI. And that's because I'm mad at them over the podcast the issue. the Apple podcast
0: app. Well, we and talked I, about that Yes, last we week, talked yeah. about it last mm. week.
1: And I'm just mad and I don't want to give up my ability to find as many podcasts as I deem necessary in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so, But I need to take our advice, suck it up, and just do the update.
0: The other big piece of news that we wanted to talk about this week was... Is the recall of 37 million Kida fire extinguishers.
1: Yes, you heard right. Like he didn't didn't mess up that number. 37 million.
0: These are fire extinguishers, and this is one of the most popular brands dating back to the 1970s, 1973, actually.
1: They're recalling fire extinguishers before you and I were born, I know. which is
0: Blowing my mind. And nearly every RV that has been sold in at least like the last 15 years has a kit of fire extinguisher in it. So you want to make sure to check your fire extinguisher to see if it's covered in this recall because obviously you want a fire extinguisher that's going to work. And that's the problem is it is that there have been reports and even a death reported and injuries from these not working. It's the ones with the plastic handles and the push button ignitions separately uh that are affected and you can go to we'll have a link to it on the show notes but you can also go to kidda.com k-i-d-d-e dot com and look for the recall link on that page and it will show you different affected model numbers and the years that they were manufactured this is also because they were put in vehicles that were sold this will also become a vehicle recall so you might be getting recall notices from manufacturers of your RV as well.
1: Yeah. And I think RV Miles put an article out today on this as well. And so you could pop over to our Facebook page and find that there. And it's got a nice breakdown and we'll link to that as well.
0: Yeah. And the last thing we wanted to talk about in the news is, again, the National Park proposed fee increases. The time to comment with the Department of the Interior is almost up. It's... November 23rd, I believe.
1: Thanksgiving. Yeah. Give thanks for your national parks and leave a comment. If you're not sure what we're talking about, we talked a little bit more in depth about this proposed entrance fee for 17 national parks, the 17 most popular parks in the country. We talked about this on episode 14. So go ahead and pop over there and give it a listen if you haven't, just for a little bit more detail. But we really just wanted to remind everyone that the deadline is approaching whatever your opinion is on this subject it's just really important that they hear from you and they hear from as many americans as possible because this decision impacts all of us
0: yeah and i i did sort of an in-depth breakdown of the numbers and and what these fee increases might mean and what they don't mean on rv miles in in an article oh. And
1: we'll link to that, too, so that we don't have to look it up, but we'll link to it in the show notes. So with
0: that, that's the news this week. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to do last week's brain teaser, give you the answer to that, that little nugget. (laughs) And (laughs) and then we're going to dive into St. Louis land and all the fun stuff there is to do around there.
1: And the camping options as well.
0: We'll be right back. Hey, Abby, do you remember last week's brain teaser? It was about a wizard.
1: Oh, I remember. Not really, (laughs) actually. You're going to need to read it again.
0: An evil king has locked a wizard in a dungeon with nothing but a chair and a shovel. There is a window in the dungeon, but it's too high to reach using the chair. The dungeon is surrounded by a cement parking lot that stretches 100 feet in every direction. The wizard uses his shovel to dig a 50-foot-long tunnel and still manages to escape. How does he do it? And he doesn't use magic. I don't know why he's a wizard, but he's a wizard.
1: What's the point of being <laughs> a wizard, then? Use the benefit. Well, he's a
0: wise wizard. It's, it's about his brains.
1: Oh, okay. Well, obviously, he uses his brains to dig upwards. He has to go upwards somehow.
0: He does go upwards, and but what he does is he digs a tunnel and he uses the dirt from the tunnel to create a dirt pile that allows him to climb out the window.
1: And then he uses his wand to blast through the wall and <laughs> floats out. It's not
0: Harry Potter, all right.
1: Well, everything should be.
0: Okay, well, <laughs> not That's everybody po- can be Dumbledore.
1: That's a podcast for another time. <laughs> so St. Louis camping Let's get into it. Yeah, so,
0: so we'll talk about all the fun things to do in St. Louis in a bit. But first, we're going to talk about the camping options and where we stayed this last time.
1: Which is fun. Camping is fun. Let's not just, you yeah, know.
0: No, no, yeah. St.
1: Louis isn't the only fun <laughs> part of this podcast.
0: No, and that's the thing about the St. Louis area is oh, there's a lot of stuff to do around St. Louis. Uh, and i say even the best stuff is outside and around St. Louis.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we really enjoyed the little bit that we got to see of it. Park that we just stayed at. The state park that we just stayed at. Pierre Marquette.
0: Pierre Marquette State Park in Southern Illinois. It's just north of St. Louis across the two rivers. It's where the Illinois and Mississippi rivers meet.
1: So no matter how hard we try, we keep ending up on the great river road. That's right. We were back on it again. <laughs> we, were. <laughs> we weren't, we didn't even know.
0: We have complained a bit about some Illinois state parks on the last couple of oh, Well, Just a wee bit. <laughs> this is a really well kept state park.
1: Yeah. This one was really nice. They were clearly taking some lessons from their Missouri neighbors because Missouri has such great state parks as we have discovered.
0: There is, there's a great visitor center, uh, with a little museum type area. There is a big civil conservation corps lodge that that's a hotel. That you can stay at.
1: Has a really nice restaurant mm-hmm. with some fantastic fried chicken. Like we walked into the restaurant and our son really loudly goes, ooh, this is fancy. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh, Jackson. It's a big
0: sort of, you know, it's the National Park Service style, giant timber log lodge that we all love so much. And you can go in the big open great room with all the furniture that's hand crafted out of rustic logs and things like yeah,
1: that Yeah, we and can't speak for the actual hotel room but yeah. the common areas were very nice and the campground itself was actually really nice as well
0: it, it was it's typical for the illinois state park campgrounds uh,
1: everyone's really close together
0: gravel spots um
1: bathrooms that this one was clean it was clean
0: but still but very old yeah
1: and, it still looked yeah. like it had been at least 30 Maybe even 40 years (laughs) since someone had actually built that bathhouse.
0: But a lot of activities to do at this state park. They have, because it's on the river, there is uh, a lot of boat docks. You can bring your boat, there's a lot of fishing available. You can hunt there. A lot of Illinois state parks you can hunt at. I don't know how I feel about because the hunting is so close to the trails.
1: <laughs> it is really close to the trails. <laughs> I noticed that a couple of times. I really liked, to the way that this particular campground was kind of laid out. So there are two sections and essentially three loops. There's the Class A section, which has both reserved sites and then first come, first serve. And I would... Caution anyone, and we've talked about this before, that if you want to take advantage of first come first serve because you can't get a reservation, really try to arrive there early in the week to midweek. We showed up on Thursday. We did not follow our own advice. We showed up on a Thursday and we got one of two spots that were left.
0: And really it was the only one that was right. going to fit us.
1: And there's about 25 first come first serve sites. So there's There's definitely more reservable yeah. sites but we were not able to get a reserved site in november it was, it, in the
0: midwest it was
1: totally booked yeah.
0: and when when we say class a in illinois class a in in the state parks class a sites are are electric sites yes essentially class b sites are no services
1: yeah and so the class b site here is a tent only site yeah. so i have to admit i didn't really know that piece of information so when we first showed up i was like Oh wow, only class A's can park over here. <laughs> and I was like, but there's all these like trailers no, They and... have they
0: call them class they have class A and class double A and Class A premium. And honestly, I don't know the difference between those sites, but but it has to do with the price that Illinois charges for them.
1: Yeah. It was very strange. <laughs> and so you have these two different sections of the campground. And I will say that there's only one bathhouse.
0: Yeah, it's so, not enough bathrooms.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And also, if you are going to the state park and you need to work or you need to have cell access, you want to just be accessible while you're there, good luck.
0: We had no service on Verizon. None. A few pockets of where we could get a bar here like or there. If-
1: If I stood on the bench next to the bathhouse and raised my hand up into the sky with my phone, I would get one bar and an LTE and it would take forever to load. And that was frustrating for us because we were in the middle of a really intense work situation with our one of our Chicago publications. So we were not able to enjoy the park as much as we would have liked because we were driving a half an hour into Alton to get to a Panera or get to a Starbucks or somewhere where we could access Wi-Fi so we could work. And the lodge did have Wi-Fi, I should say that, but it was very patchy and not something that we were easily able to access. So that was a little difficult. And I would caution anyone, if unplugging is not something that's realistic for you, this park might not be the best option.
0: Yeah, it's a, sometimes can be a little disconcerting. You know, there are places where you don't have data service you don't have lte or 3g but you can still use your phone here couldn't even use didn't even have phone service
1: no and, and that was surprising because we're only about 41 miles away from st louis and
0: just five miles away from the nearest town yeah so, so
1: we didn't go into that thinking it was going to be an issue but it definitely was it's,
0: however it's not remote at all one of the greatest things though about this park and we've said this before about illinois state parks this one was 20 bucks a night, as opposed to the others we stayed at that were 25 And Illinois State Parks do not charge an entrance fee to anyone. So 20 bucks a night is, is one of the best deals that you're going to get.
1: Yeah, absolutely, because their water was still on and there was still access to the bathhouse. They also have some really great hiking trails in this park, and we didn't get to experience all of them, but we did get to experience one in a really unique way. We took a night hike for a program that the park was doing on owls. And when we arrived, we were given a little flyer about it and it said that this was a family hike and there was gonna be marshmallows and hot dogs afterwards and refreshments. And you know, it was Friday night, meet at 7.30. So we got the boys, we went. And they had a little presentation on owls that was on a VHS, which our 10-year-old loudly proclaimed, I have always wanted to watch a VHS (laughs) video, (laughs) so... We finish up this presentation. The guide says, okay, everyone, let's meet outside. We're going to head out on this two-mile hike. We should be back around 11 or 1130. And, like, you can see every parent's brain just, like, stop. Like, it slams into a wall. He
0: said it would be three to three and a half hours.
1: (laughs) Right. So, it's 830 at night by this time. And Jason and I look at each other and we're thinking okay, do we do this? Do we not do this? We're kind of already committed to this. We unfortunately made that parent newbie mistake of telling the kids there would be hot dogs and marshmallows afterwards. And so after a little bit of debate and after an attempt at me bribing the kids to go and purchase marshmallows for them to replace the ones from the hike, we decided we would go for this. I mean, it seemed kind of like something we had never done before as a family, kind of a How many opportunities do you get to hike at night out on the trail and experience nature in that setting, in its own setting that way with a guide? And so we went, I had the ergo for Henry if need be, and we took off. And it ended up being a really fun experience. It was long for sure. Henry ended up on my back about 20 minutes into the hike and never got back down. But uh, the kids made a friend, and I think that kind of helped Jack and Ethan continue on through the hike, because he was not joking. We did not get off the trail until 11.30.
0: Yeah, it, it was a really cool way to experience nature. If you get the chance to do a nighttime hike, I highly suggest it. But part of the problem was we were stopping six or seven times, for 15 minutes or so while our guides went to try to call owls. And we had to shut off all, all our lights and be very, very quiet for 15 minutes each time. Which is quite a this.
1: lesson in patience for children to be quiet like that. And
0: they were great the first four times.
1: Yes. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> I would say that this hike, it was billed for families, but I would absolutely say that the way it was set up definitely felt more like an adult hike. I think if we had stopped two or three, maybe four times, but by the fifth, sixth, and even seventh time, children were really starting to wind down. A lot of kids wanted to get off the trail. It was starting to get really difficult to hike through. The tra- The terrain was a little bit rougher in places than I expected it to be, and at night when you've got a lot of roots and rocks and
0: Drop-offs.
1: drop off. A lot of drop-offs that kind of made my heart stop a few times with small people. I think that that can be a little bit of a challenge, and it definitely starts to wear the adult down that's with the kid. And, you know, there were a few families that by, like, the fifth stop were just like, we can't do this anymore, and wanted to go on. I don't know if they were allowed to, but they certainly started making their way to the front of the line, like, we're out of here, so it was definitely a lesson in maybe being a little bit more prepared next time in what we were getting ourselves into, but ultimately really rewarding that we did it.
0: Yeah, it, so this park, it, it's-,
1: it's a nice state park and it's a great state park on the Illinois side to access St. Louis. If you want to access a campground on the Missouri side, we could recommend Is it West St. Louis or St. Louis West? St. Louis
0: West, KOA. And that's about an hour outside of St. Louis. So So was the park we stayed at. Anywhere you stay, it's going to be kind of an hour outside.
1: Yeah. And so we stayed there several years ago when our kids were much smaller and when we were a tent camping family. And we did their very modest cabin. And by cabin, it's basically just four walls and a roof. And some beds. There are no bathrooms in these cabins. There's no running water. There's no mini fridge, anything like that. But there is air conditioning. Yes. And that can be a lifesaver if you're camping in the summertime in the Missouri area. So we absolutely recommend that KOA. It was they had a lot of fun programs for the kids when we were there. I think they did a couple of like beadwork items and campfires and a lot of programs things you would expect to find at a koa for sure
0: there's also a Jellystone park in eureka right nearby the koa and both of those parks are by the six flags theme park so it's a great place
1: it's you- a great place for thrill seekers yeah. so if that's something you are interested in or you have kids that really love roller coasters these two parks are great options
0: a lot of big cities, you're going to have to stay an hour outside, but in St. Louis that actually often gets you closer to some of the things that you might want to go to.
1: Yeah. So let's, uh, on that note, let's take a little break. And when we come back, let's talk about all the things to do in and around St. Louis. (laughs)
0: So one of the reasons we love St. Louis so much is that it's very centrally located. We've we covered a lot of Midwest areas on this podcast. We
1: have. We've, we need to get out of the Midwest for a while. As much as I love it, it's time to go. <laughs> but,
0: but I think a lot of other travel guides and podcasts don't cover the Midwest very much. So I'm glad we are able to do that for you. But
1: representing our home area. St.
0: Louis is it's just so cent- centrally located, but it's so full of affordable things to do for families and adults alike.
1: Something I've appreciated about St. Louis is that you can go there and you can have a very enriching vacation experience without having to spend a ton of money. And I kind of wish more big cities would use this model as they put together some of their larger tourist attractions, especially with their museums, because it can be very expensive for our family to attend a museum if we're not able to use our reciprocal program. It can cost us 60 to 70 even upwards of almost $100 to attend, depending on the museum.
0: Yeah. So let's just start right downtown St. Louis. The most obvious attraction that everybody knows about is the Gateway Arch, uh, one of our greatest national monuments. It's it's a memorial to the westward expansion. And the arch is just so much more than just the arch. You can go to the arch and you can ride up in it. There's a there's sort of this articulated elevator that you can pay. And it's only 10 bucks to ride the elevator to the top. And compared to something like the Sears Tower, which is going to be 35 I think. Yeah, it's, a good, you know, it's that's a good a deal. It's a good deal. Um, below the arch is the Museum of Westward Expansion. It's closed at the moment because they've been rehabbing the whole Arch area for a very long time. Since we were there last time...
1: In 2014.
0: And what they've done is they've built over the highway with lawn to connect the Arch to the old courthouse. The old courthouse is the, the big St. Louis downtown courthouse where the Dred Scott slavery case was decided.
1: And ultimately where Dredd and Harriet Scott were given their freedom.
0: freedom. It has great history because of that, but it's also just a architecturally beautiful building to tour.
1: Yeah, so what's nice is that these two sections are being connected a little bit more now through this renovation. You also have the opportunity to do two different junior ranger programs just in this area. One that is focused on the westward expansion that you're going to want to do in the main arch visitor center. But then over at the old courthouse, they also have a junior ranger program that is more specific to the courthouse itself. Talks about civic duties, talks about Harriet and Dred Scott, talks about the architecture of the building. I found that Junior Ranger program with our boys to be a really great introduction to what the function of a courthouse is, to the discussion on our 19th century, our history of the 19th century, the Civil War and slavery, and also that personal aspect of Harriet and Dred Scott. I really loved that Junior Ranger program probably a little bit more personally than I did the Westward Expansion one. So
0: the whole area is it's really lovely place to spend an afternoon. You're right downtown on the riverfront so you can go check out check out the river. There are boat tours.
1: There are vendors down there with different types of food, some sweets. I actually recommend bringing a picnic. This is a great mm-hmm. place to picnic. There also isn't a major restaurant within prob- I mean there is some downtown, don't get me wrong, but this area of the arch is a big big, grassy area it's a big park so to leave that area to go search something to eat downtown that's going to take you a little bit of time to me this feels like a great picnic area
0: and you know what we parked down there for five dollars for 12 hours
1: five dollars and we parked on a cobble street yes (laughs) like so it was definitely bumpy but it was Absolutely worth it for five bucks. And they also have carriages and horse-drawn carriages that go around the area as well. That's Mm -hmm. something you could do. It's a beautiful spot, whether you're there in the summer or the fall or the spring. We love it.
0: So moving a little bit outside of the riverfront area, St. Louis has a great sort of museum campus.
1: Yes, they do. Um,
0: there is a the St. Louis Science Center, which we went to and this is last free. trip, and it is free. You have to pay to park if you want to use their parking lot, but you can find street parking as well. But
1: still, that was only $10 for us when we went, and $10 to be able to park near the museum and enjoy all day in the museum. That is a fantastic deal.
0: And it's a good science center with an IMAX theater, a lot of uh, interesting exhibits. It's not your run-of-the-mill... Science center, but it's, I mean, it's what you'd expect from a science center.
1: Yeah, it has enough going for it that you can definitely get several hours in there and be able to do the entire museum, but not, I don't think you need, like, from the minute they open to to the minute they close,
0: no. I've, I've always loved, when I was a kid growing up and they still have it, there's an overpass over the highway inside the museum, and they have these speed cameras where you can... Measure the speed of cars as they go by. I just always thought that was so cool.
1: That was great, and our boys actually really enjoyed that. And also inside that campus is the St. Louis Zoo, that is also free.
0: And it is commonly known as one of the best free attractions in the country.
1: Absolutely. St. Louis Zoo is
0: a really great zoo. Um, we weren't able to attend this time no. because it was a really rainy day when we planned to. So
1: yeah, we had to choose between indoor or outdoor. And if we stayed outdoors, we would have been wet. <laughs> so we went indoors.
0: And also downtown is a uh, one of the best botanic gardens in the country mm-hmm. as well, also free.
1: That campus area is also a day in itself and yeah. a great little picnic spot as well. You could do the Science Center and the zoo all in one big trip, I think. You yeah. may not get to see everything, but because of the fact that they're so close to one another, yeah. you could absolutely do both in one day if your schedule only allowed it.
0: Outside of the museum campus, more downtown uh, area, there's also a a more expensive museum. This place is called the City Museum. And it's it's a private... Um, it's not really a museum. It It is sort of a...
1: I don't know how to describe it. It's ah. like if you just took the wackiest things and threw them into a building and then let people just climb all over them and slide down everything if you maybe that would get close to the city museum
0: if you let an eight-year-old have access to architects and builders to build the craziest coolest eight-story clubhouse that's what the city museum is to me it's like all these different you know they've got slides that go down several floors of the buildings they have All of these sort of welded together constructs that you can climb up and go really, really almost dangerously high on.
1: Yeah, when we attended there, we didn't go this trip, but when we went the last trip, we had a seven of four and a one-year-old. That museum didn't really work for our age range. It it did a little bit for our seven-year-old, but... This is one of those museums where you got to let the kids climb up into the wire structure to go up the two stories to get to the top of the slide and you cannot go with them. So for our kids who maybe aren't as daring at a younger age as perhaps some other kids are, that didn't really work for them and they weren't really (laughs) interested in doing that. And so a lot of the museum was spent kind of just like walking around and looking. Do I think if we had returned this trip that our kids would have been just, like, in seventh heaven? Oh, absolutely. I think it's a big kid. And, I mean, a big kid, like, big kid mom and dad, big kid, too, kind of museum.
0: Also, downtown, you can tour the Anheuser-Busch Brewery, which is a big attraction for adults, of course.
1: The King of Beers. The
0: King of Beers <laughs> is a, is Saint, it's always been St. Louis-based, of course. Now they're internationally owned. But outside of the city, a ways, is an area called Grant's Farm, which is owned by the Bush family. And I think they still, there's an estate on it. You don't get to see the estate, but there's an estate on it where some of the Bush family still lives. And Grant's Farm oh, it's always been one of my favorite places since I was a kid. We used to always go to St. Louis a, a weekend every summer. And Grant's Farm, it was owned by Ulysses S. Grant, and that's why it's called Grant's Farm. It was his property. You get there, and you get on a tram, first thing. And it's free. The whole place is free. You pay to park if you want. You get on this tram, and the tram takes you through this big open preserve, just filled with animals roaming around freely. Big stags and moose. and.
1: Yeah, it was pretty cool. The kids... They were younger when we did this as well, and they really enjoyed it, and this area really did hold their interest. And to see those Clydesdales, yeah. I mean, magnificent.
0: So, so they house some of the Budweiser Clydesdales there, and all the, the commercials with the Budweiser Clydesdales pulling the wagon outside of the big iron gates, that, those were always filmed at Grant's Farm. Uh, they've got these big, this big fence that's made out of Civil War gun barrels. And, and that's what this gate is. And so you go on this tram tour and you get off of it and you're in this sort of Bavarian courtyard and they've got a collection of wagons dating oh, back yeah. to I, as long as wagons have been made. I forgot about that. all different types of horse-drawn wagons. Uh, it's a really cool, cool collection, and a little bit more zoo attractions in there where you can go see some some animals wandering around and things like that. And then, of course, the the Clydesdales. Which, if you've never seen a Clydesdale in person, you know, I mean, they're like seven, eight feet tall. They're, they're majestic, so big.
1: And if you're keeping track at this point, we have mentioned several stops in St. Louis and only one of them so far have we mentioned that you would have to pay entry for. That is how cool St. Louis is in regards to the attractions and the tourist spots that they offer. There is so much you could do for free.
0: Across from Grant's Farm is another National Park Service site. It's the Ulysses S. Grant Home and it's an it's an old home from that was President Grant's for a while and there's a great museum there and you can take a walk through the home and the the museum is actually even bigger than the home itself.
1: Yes, it is. I don't know. I suspect that there is a junior ranger program for Grant's farm, but but I can't say for certain, but certainly if anyone knows, I would love to hear from you. But that was also another really enjoyable stroll through because we got to stroll through the grounds, but then also go through the home at our own pace. And there was a part, there were several park rangers and there was an introduction as you go on to the grounds, and then there was park rangers available to answer questions about the home itself.
0: It's just one of those places that I think a lot of people skip when they go to Grant's Farm, because that's sort of more of the touristy thing to do, but it's it's definitely worth taking your time to go over to the Grant home as well. The one final attraction we wanted to talk about in the St. Louis area, and there's so much more for, for kids and adults and alike, but the one final thing we wanted to talk about is Meramec Caverns, which is, it's even a little bit further out of of St. Louis. So you might...
1: It's a you, day trip yeah, for sure.
0: You're, you're probably an hour and a half from downtown to get to Meramec Caverns, but it's also a place that you can stay. Uh, you're closer to it from that St. Louis West KOA. And it's, it's a really great cave system to tour. It's one of those sort of kitschier, older attractions where they, you know, they have a tour. I've been doing this tour since I was a kid, you know, for, for at least, I can at least remember it back 25 years and the tour has been exactly the same. They say the exact same (laughs) things every time. And my mom said to me, yeah, I've been going since I was a kid and the tour has been exactly the same since I was a kid.
1: Yeah. I would believe that. I mean, definitely the exhibit and some of the
0: uh, every cave we've been to in the midwest they say jesse james it was it was a jesse james hideout so that's a big draw to this one as well
1: jesse james was busy searching out caves
0: this is one of the best cave systems i've ever been in
1: It was beautiful, and it was a really beautiful tour. Each sort of section of the cave that they took us in held something really unique. And you also, I felt like, got to interact with the cave in a safe way and also in a a way that would not harm the cave, but really did get to kind of get up close and personal.
0: Yeah, just a lot of formations. uh, Really cool big room at the beginning and big room at the end. Uh, It's just... a, a a great place and then there's merrimack state park in that area as well that you can go explore uh and and again merrimack caverns you're gonna have to pay to do but they've got it they've got zip lines and things like that over there it's too. definitely it's a, touristy yeah, in yeah. that
1: area for sure
0: so that's sort of our roundup of of st louis attractions we'll mention one more time we mentioned this a couple podcasts ago on the great river road podcast I'm sorry, St. Louis. Your one big downfall is your terrible, terrible, terrible pizza.
1: Oh, let's—we can't talk about the pizza. <laughs> like, I mean, if the Effersons feel that the pizza is not solid, <laughs> then and listen. I like, half our diet gets cut I've, out. In I, our- I don't think. I think
0: it's the only time I've not liked pizza. I mean, I'm okay with pizza anywhere. I'm not a snob about it. No, we... They put this cheese called Provel cheese on it. And this cheese tastes terrible.
1: Yeah. I mean, there is no shame in the Domino's game. I mean, we have totally Domino's pizza hutted it. We've Casey's Pizza, But, like, there is something about the Provel cheese that just does not set well. And definitely we always get in St. Louis like, oh, well, that's because you're from Chicago well, let me tell you, we actually don't like Chicago pizza. It's too thick. It's too big. Way too much sauce. For me, Chicago style
0: pizza is thin, thin crust, cut into squares.
1: Yeah, but we could do an entire podcast on pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so we should just stop right there. Yeah. Before everyone in St. Louis starts emailing us hate mail, Abby
0: got this salad at this restaurant we went to, and they put it was it was literally. A bowl of lettuce that they threw provolone <laughs> cheese, what? the same cheese, the same shredded cheese they put on the pizza, just threw the shredded cheese on top of the bowl of lettuce. And that was her $5 salad. Yeah.
1: And there was so much ranch on it. I this, couldn't eat it. I this couldn't was eat it. a
0: famous st louis pizza joint that we, we won't, won't mention you but
1: you know who you are oh. <laughs> like, so outside of the pizza you will have to find other food options or hey maybe you like proval i don't know <laughs> but everything else about st louis is top notch and it is absolutely worth a stop
0: all right, that's our tour of St. Louis, so let's take a tour of this week's brain teaser. Ooh, my favorite and then tour. And we'll wrap up the show. Biff, the brand new Boy Scout, yeah, his name's Biff, wants to get a merit badge for going on a long hike. It's an eight-day hike, and he wants to be prepared because he heard somewhere that this is the Scout's motto. It is, be prepared. Biff knows that even the biggest and best scout can only carry enough food and water for a five-day hike. He also knows he'll be disqualified if he uses an animal to carry extra food and water for him. On the other hand, Biff knows he may bring other scouts with him as food carriers to help him finish the hike. What's the least number of scouts Biff will need to bring along in order for him to complete the eight-day hike safely? Got it?
1: Yes, um, I'm trying to do the math really quick, and I don't want to keep people waiting, so we'll just talk about it next week.
0: (laughs) Well, it's going to take you a little bit longer than a few seconds to figure out the math on this one, let me tell you. So if you know the answer to this week's brain teaser...
1: Please save me and email (laughs) us the answer.
0: (laughs) And we might send you a little prize. All right, that's this week's show.
1: Yeah, thanks, you guys. And, you know, just a reminder, we would absolutely appreciate a five-star review on iTunes or perhaps just sharing us around on your social media. We have talked about how this new iOS update for Apple makes it even more difficult for new podcasts to be found.
0: If you listen to us somewhere other than iTunes and you have iTunes, if you wouldn't mind going and just subscribing to us, on iTunes, you don't have to listen to us there or download the, no, the, you don't. the episodes, <laughs> but having more subscribers on iTunes where 90% of the people listen to their podcast will help bump us up in, in those search rankings.
1: Yes, so that is our desperate plea <laughs> for this week. We will be quiet now and leave you. So thanks for joining us. We shall see you next week. Keep logging those RV miles. Bye.